Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Vulnerability Hangover. I'm your host, Nikki, and this is our emotional support dog, Enzo, and I have a special guest on today. This is Chase. Hello, welcome. The second emotional support animal. Yeah, we love it. Hi, my name is Chase. Today, we are going to have him grab from our gratitude affirmation deck and say what the affirmation is. Our affirmation today is, I am grateful for the opportunities this new day brings me. And I am. This is a new day and this is a new opportunity in which it has brought me. And for that, I'm thankful and grateful forever. That's a good affirmation. It I is feel a like good it's always important to live in the moment and be grateful for the day that yeah. you're living in. Grateful for everything. It's really easy to be overwhelmed with things outside of that boundary of today, like tomorrow and what we've done in the past, I think, if we focus on just right now. I heard a really good quote, actually. I can't cite it because I'm just not smart enough to remember who says things, but I can remember what they say. And they said, instead of thinking of time as a linear object, start to finish. They think of it as an internal present moment. We'll just keep reminding ourselves of this affirmation. Yeah. As some of you can probably tell, Chase is a writer. He just came out with a children's book. I came out with a children's book and it's called The Wounded Healer. And I've always enjoyed writing. It wasn't to be monetized or anything. I just like to vent my thoughts through writing. Mm -hmm. That's a really important way to figure out how you best express yourself whether it's through therapy like one-on-one -on -one work or just you and a pen and pad like obviously therapy is crucial and i think the lack of if you just write mm -hmm. you might drive yourself fucking crazy but i enjoy it and it allows me to express something in a certain way where if i'm feeling an emotion and i write something that associates with that emotion i unpack it line by line if i'm ever feeling that way again i can bring up that work i wrote in the past and read that deal with it yeah get over it it just allows me to process it i think that's my little what got you to write yeah. about the wounded healer the wounded healer is about a toy he is a robot and it's a little love story that includes another character and basically he wakes up one day and he realizes that there's missing pieces of his body he's wounded he's hurt and he doesn't know why he's there just like He's skeptical and he's critical just like we all are. And it's just a self-reflection and almost coming to age. The events of the story happen within the same day, so it's not a true coming of age story, but in the sense that there's like some self-actualization occurring as the plot plays itself out. There's a little bit of a message and I was just messing around one day. I like to write shorter stories and little things for my nieces and nephews. And that one just was a little long. And I was like, you know what? The minimum paperback for Amazon KDP, which is Amazon self-publishing. Yeah. If you have anything you want to publish, Amazon KDP is a really great website for you. You keep all the rights. They take a small royalty. It's print on demand, which That's is... awesome. It's great. So what that means is every time an order is placed, that specific copy is printed and shipped. They don't have to mass produce these copies. Obviously more efficient that way, cost yeah. and time. And so I was like, you know what? The minimum on KDP is 23 pages, I think mm -hmm. mine was 26. I'm like, I'm gonna get it. So I went on Fiverr. Fiverr, if you guys don't know, is a really good platform that hosts contractors and 
their talents. You can have any range of people on there. I have one on there for voiceovers. I can narrate your audiobook for an associated cost. I found a girl on there to illustrate my book. She did it for a relatively cheap price and did a great job and things like that, especially with the resources we have today, these projects are so easy to complete because you can, back in the day, you had to be ranked pretty high to start, to be able to outsource. Like if I wanted something delegated, I have to pay a premium for someone to do it because the market wasn't as saturated with people willing to do these things for you. But Fiverr is a great host because they offer people from all over the world to do these little jobs for you. Audio content, music, backgrounds, anything you want. I saw an animation guy on there who charges 4,500 bucks a project. He can make you an animated video. Oh, that's so awesome. So it's these things that host these services. And anyway, that's how I produced it. I put it on Amazon and it's cool when you finish something like that because I've lacked identity for a long time throughout my life. We always wonder who we are and what we're doing. And to have something finished where it's like, hey, what do you do? It's like, I like to write. Here's me. This is me. Yeah. So if they want to learn more about you or what goes on through my mind, they can read the things I write. And that transcription is pretty raw. But yeah, I'm really excited about it. It came out. Christmas Day. I dropped it the 21st because I had to make sure it was good and that all my formatting and margins were correct so it didn't print wrong. So I ordered it early and everything turned out good so I released it on Christmas Day. But yeah, thanks for that question. It was cool. So would you say that you're the robot? Absolutely not. No, no. <laughs> I've gotten that question. I was dating a girl at the time and unfortunately it was not about her whatsoever. <laughs> but it's a love story about him and another important character in the story and like she was like, oh my god. You're the best. Thank you. And it's just weird because it was like, oh shit, this isn't about her or me. This is just the things I think about. You know how you're like driving in a car and you look out and it's raining and you're like, oh, I'm in a movie right now. Yeah. You're like, oh. I think that's like main characters. Yeah. All y'all NPCs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's not about anything specific relating to me. It is about the confines of human emotion and how stoic we can be and how we need to maybe be a little bit more expressive or more self-reflective. I think self-reflection is something we don't do enough of. Yeah. And I only say we because I don't do enough of it. And if I don't yeah. do it, no one else does. We all feel like that, though. I, Those who are self-aware. I think I could be a little bit more self-reflective. And that's what the story's about. His worth, in the end, is completely different than how he perceived it in the beginning. And it's just like a little feel-good story that describes his experiences, not necessarily my own. I'm sure there have been points in my life that have culminated to produce something like that. Yeah. But it's not an explicit derivation yeah. of my life, yeah. Do you have any poems or writing prompts that are like specifically about you um, or like other people? Yeah, oh hell yeah. I wrote I wrote 108 billion for my mom. Oh. Yeah, for Mother's Day. I wrote there's plenty of fish in the sea for an ex. Definitely, there's explicit things that come directly from my brain on the paper that result from me, like my experiences. And I guess those would be characterized more as like a non-fiction work. Since yeah. they're playful because there's wordplay and some fun to it. They're all jazzed up because the words rhyme. But most of my work are things like, it almost sounds contrived because of how playful I try to get but I just like words. This all started because I used to freestyle with friends in like high school and college, mm -hmm. smoke weed and freestyle and have fun with wordplay. Yeah. Human emotion directly corresponding to human language and how the two are tied and that's how you articulate and express what's going on up here. 
there's nothing more important. How you hold yourself, what you say, how you say to people, and how they perceive what you're saying to them. Human communication is the most important thing that we as humans share because the human brain is the only thing in the universe that is aware of itself. It's the only self-aware organism. Elephants and things like that, they know they exist. They mm -hmm. don't know what controls them. We do. We've cracked open, you know, our what goes on inside our head and language is what we use to obviously process and vent that. I, I don't think there's anything more important than it and I've always been fascinated with it because there's in the ether above us and all around us there are an infinite amount of words. There's sounds and things that our tongues and palates can produce that can be tr transcribed into words. That's why there's new words being added to Webster's every year, right? So in the ether there's these words that we can choose to put together and it's almost like a code that's why if i go out on a date with a girl and i end up going home with her that's the code or if i go into a job interview and i say the right things i get the job that's the code there's certain ways you put together words and process your thoughts and especially with how you're coming across like when you're interacting with someone how they're perceiving you it's all just important that's no what i think about yeah and I think human language is incredible. I've always been fascinated. I loved Dr. Seuss growing up like we mm. all did. I loved Where the Sidewalk Ends and Shel Silverstein. Yes. And um, I love Dave Pilkey and Capture Underpants. These things that make, just like Christmas, like where you can think about it and it just gives you that warm feeling inside that you remember. It's that nostalgia, that's, it's that sentimentality of the past. It's the surprise of the future and it's all that bringing together right now that one thought that's like damn I remember reading where the sidewalk ends and just enjoying it and do you remember the book I love you forever it's the front yes. cover the front where he cover. like ends up taking care of his mom I'm gonna cry I know that one is so sweet the front cover is him on the ground he's got a watch in his hand he's about to flush it down the toilet yes I love you forever, I love you for always, as long as you're living, my baby, you'll be. And there's something that resonates within us all, where we all come together when we read that and process it the same way. It's that same feeling that I brought my fascination with language and how we perceive and how we are perceived to try to evoke that same feeling. And I didn't stop until I thought it was done. And that's what The Wounded Healer was. It's all what I tried to pack in that little gobbly goops stanza I just threw up but in more of a kid's aspect like yeah. how a kid can understand it like yeah. how far someone would really go how far someone would really go for the people that they love and how people do that every day if you wouldn't mind I'd like to read the back cover of it yeah, yeah absolutely okay so the back cover of the book and that's just the synopsis so it says there are times in this life when our beautiful brains become so chemically involved with the likeness of another that the extent of which we would go for them overwhelms all rationale. We call this love. Receiving love is easy, but giving love, that's much different. It requires consistent displays of sacrifice, both big and small, and can be exhausting. When you love somebody, you consciously and subconsciously Make these sacrifices for them, not because it's the logical thing to do for your own progress, but because the bond you've sealed with their soul ebbs and flows, the chemicals in your brain, like the moon does the earth's tides. You realize that you've lost all control, and you find yourself orbiting their atmosphere as you constantly fall for them, ready to give anything they need to improve their life, 
regardless of the cost to yours. Our lives are built upon the broken backs of the ones who showed us this very same love, who gave us their all, regardless of the cost. Today we recognize them for their dings, dents, and cracks, and thank them for healing ours, our wounded healers. May their love continue to spark the circuit in our brains and be the current in our veins. This way they'll remain forever attached. That last little line is just what is included in the book. I've had the sentimentality and this vision of my past. My dad would come home from work, just beat the fuck up. We lived in a double-wide trailer up in Shoals back before it was wine country, right? Like, my parents just got lucky and bought a piece of property, and it happened to be worth something today. I'm so glad that happened. But back in the day, like I, when I went to elementary school with all of our mutuals, and life was tough. I know what it means to have someone really care for you that much to where your progress is more important than their own. And I'm extremely blessed. And that's not something I forget about or take for granted because I know there's so many people who are either motherless or fatherless who didn't get that same treatment. We didn't have money, but we had love, and they made sure I knew what that meant. And I thought that was pretty special. So growing up with that, you recognize it, and you start to, you start to display it as best you can. And like the maturation and like this solidify, like the solidification of your frontal fucking lobe as life progresses and as we mature, like. When we're little, we think high schoolers are so old, but when we're in high school, we're like, fuck, we're so young. I'm not ready. I don't know what to do. We're still developing, and our, like for men, our frontal lobe doesn't solidify until we're about 25. We're, I thought I was 28. It's probably 30 by now. How like, stupid <laughs> we fucking are. But regardless, we're not even done changing. And so it's important to recognize that, and it's important to change, but it's important to recognize which direction you are and just to walk on the broken back of my dad now i am very comfortable with my life and my finances and the people in it because they weren't and i think that's important to realize and really understand and especially if you have a kid you obviously understand this i don't have a kid that's why it took this perception of it to see that i had to be the kid to realize how if you have a child you probably understand that where you'd obviously die for them there that's heavy where it's not even a whim oh yeah i'd die for them no problem everyone loves to be a hero and i'm sure it's great to say that but given the instance i'm sure they fucking would people would die for people or people would spend their time or extra shifts trying to provide a better christmas for their kids or you know so it's a book about that it's a book about family, it's a book about love, it's a book about actualization, realization, and like maturation. It's all, yeah, it's the best way I could try to describe it, yeah. Have you heard about the Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that from, what was it? Was it Miss Glaze? Was that child? Can we give her a shout out though? Shout out Miss Glaze. She was, did you have her? Oh. Wasn't she hot though? She was so hot. Shout out Miss Glaze. Shout out she actually changed my life. Actually? Yeah. Yeah. She was the child development teacher, wasn't she? She might have been when you were there, but she was my English teacher. Okay. She made cuz I'm dyslexic. Okay. So I had a really hard time in school. She was the one that changed literature for me. That's unbelievable. Yeah. That's I, great. I want her on this podcast. Shout out. You need to 
try your best to get someone like that because someone who means that much to you who probably don't I mean she obviously would remember your name and your face and say hi to you yeah but you're probably not on her mind as often as she is yours no and I actually ran into her when I was working at Asia yeah and she came in a couple of times and every time I would pay for her food because she was that good to me as a teacher can you imagine being a teacher and having the first-hand manipulation of a child's mind that's always molding the molding yeah the negative connotations surrounding manipulation but you're manipulating you're molding you're mm -hmm. helping them and that is so crazy yeah and i'm not even going to get into it but the fact that they're paid like shit it's crazy yeah it just shows you we do live in a capitalist society where goods and services that make the most money get paid the most money and yeah. those that fucking facilitate them get paid more but it's like the service of education is obviously mm -hmm. the most important but it's underfunded because it falls through the cracks. It mm -hmm. doesn't produce. It's like a long-term hold. The investment of an education is going to make that kid a lot of money or at least a lot of friends and family or like good connects and networking down the road mm -hmm. because they're a good person that knows a thing or two about a thing or two. An education is paying off for that kid, but there's no instant gratification on an education that pays out right away if you were to win the lottery or sell a fucking house. stock or a house. Yeah. Like it's these things come later and I'm pretty sure just taxes applied to the salaries of teachers state federal tax I'm not sure if there's any private organizations funding these people okay. I'm sure there are I'm, and I'm sure there's grants and things when teachers go to get education that they can apply for and get funding that way but we need I, a teacher to let us know. We need a teacher to let yeah. us know. If I ever win the lottery, I'm funding the schools, yeah. baby. They were a union or something. I remember hearing sure. something about that. Okay. And then all of a sudden, they're not being funded properly. I don't, I'm don't. i so not educated hey, about this topic. That's so I not don't our feel field like of expertise. Yeah. <laughs> but we can still express how we feel about it. Yeah. Plain and simple, they're underfunded. Yeah. Shit, if they made six figures a year, I'd say they're under underfunded. But people like Miss Glaze, where you can reflect on the past. And for me, it was Mr. Bliss in high school. Psychology, social studies. He's a bald-headed yeah. man with a nice beard. Probably 6'3", 6'4", always. He's a cross-country teacher, I think, as well. Maybe I didn't have him, but a lot of people really liked him. Great fucking guy. And yeah. I wish the best for him. He was the first and only fun teacher I had, where you could tell the volatility of his day-to-day -day because he <laughs> wore his heart on his sleeve. If he was upset, he'd tell you he's upset, and then he'd teach. If he was happy, you'd know it. I had a lot of angry or upset teachers growing. Mm -hmm. had a lot of good ones, too. Mostly female. All the female teachers are just beautiful people. The guys, though, the, would get a little grumpy. Mm -hmm. But with Mr. Bliss, he's the only male teacher I really ever had that made me want, I like, oh, I got, because we had an A and B day my last mm -hmm. couple of years in high school. I was like, oh, fuck, tomorrow's B day. I got Bliss. Mm -hmm. oh, and he, he's what, like, we would freestyle rap in his class and rap about themes of the text we were going over. And that would be a homework assignment is write a two-paragraph freestyle or rap about or song or poem about mm. this. And he was incorporating more lobes and portions of our mind to help the education he was trying to push across. He's like word association, where the text you're reading is associated with the craft you're doing to help have you remember. Yeah. Like the people that go the extra mile, and then you find out that they pay for everything, they buy their own supplies. If they work for a high school, they might have a lot of those things funded for them, right? 
it's pretty spread out throughout throughout all levels, I believe. I think a teacher. And I like that you brought up Miss Glaze and you talked about her because it's that's why they do what they mm-hmm. they don't do it for the money. When they're watching and parents need to be more gracious to those teachers too. My mom would always make our teachers gifts each year if I came home and I was like, I really like my teacher. My mom would always go out of her way to make something for them. They're the third parent, or for some people, that's a parent figure because they're an adult who's teaching you. And so I don't think a lot of people recognize that. Good and bad teachers, you're forming a child's brain. You're teaching them love or you're teaching them subjects. I had a teacher that made an impact on me negatively, and that's why I don't like out. I never thought I was smart because of I think that's important so. that you bring that up, because we just gave a lot of praise to the teachers that we've really enjoyed. It is, to an extent, putting them in more of a heroic lens. It is important to point out that there are bad ones, and typically the bad ones make more of an impact on your poor little beautiful malleable mind than the good ones yeah. do. You could probably name more bad teachers than good, can't you? Yeah, but I'll be honest, I was high most of my high school years, so I don't remember a lot of it. That's totally fine. I need someone here that went to high school with me to help me remember things. Or describe what you're trying to describe. Oh yeah, you need someone here from high school that can tell us who you were and give us more of a perspective. Okay, question for you. What was high school Nikki like? Oh. I don't want people on your podcast to be like, this bitch was high the whole time. If that's it, that's cool, but there's more to you than that. Who were you? I was chaos. I was very angsty. I didn't know who I was. I was just a ball of anger and anxiety all the time. So it came out as wanting to fight people a lot. My freshman year, I got expelled from my first high school for fighting. Century. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I got expelled from there. I went to Miller for two days, and I hated it. I met a lot of people there. I never yeah. went there, but I knew that was one step away from juvie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it literally was. It was. If I like continued to go to that school, I probably would have gone somewhere else. And then I did online school for two years and graduated through Hill High. Nice. And that's where we met. Because I think kind I met of... you when I was a senior, you were a junior. No, we met through my ex, I think. We through met, Ryan. met? I think so. Oh, oh, oh we yes. Pro- no, we probably met at a house party, to be honest. Probably. Okay, yeah. you did date my best friend. Yes. Yes, that is yes. true. Shout Wade. out to Ryan. Great yeah, guy. Amazing fucking guy. What grade was that? Sophomore year? That, that I dated, dated him? him? So, it was like, yeah, sophomore, senior. Nice. Wait. Was it a two-year relationship? It was like, it was like a year and a half or so. Wow, that's yeah. respectable. A great guy. Great memories, too. That's how we know each other. Yeah, because we, we definitely had different cliques. I bounced around. Yeah, yeah. I didn't really party. I was very social, and I spent my time in different cliques. Yeah, I bounced around. But I, I didn't smoke weed. I was super Christian. I was active in my youth group. I was very God-oriented. Yeah, they were so opposite. We were so opposite, yeah. yeah. I played sports and spent most of my time, like, playing sports, hanging with us, and, like... I remember one time, one of my friends, we both know him, I won't mention him, but he was like, I found out he smoked weed. And I, it's so cringy looking back on yeah, this, but I basically just told him that what he was doing was bothering me. I did not put it up as some sort of, you can either smoke weed or be my friend, but it was, I came from some stupid, pretentious, I'll be there for you type. Like, dude's just smoking weed, trying to figure it out, and... I'm over there like holier than thou because I don't. Mm-hmm. And then you smoke weed and you're like, okay. 
She was like, hold uh, on. I'm I submit. But maybe that's what we need. We need some... An awakening? Yeah, we do, for real. <laughs> it's like when you... Oh, what's that drug? People travel to go take it. Ayahuasca? Ayahuasca. Yeah. And they have these beautiful trips, they say. Dude, I want to do that. Have you ever dropped a psychedelic? I have. What have you done and was how was your experience? I did LSD and I didn't have a good time, Sorry. I'll be honest. I was I was 16, 17 and okay. the guy that I was seeing at the time was not a very good person. So Let's I feel like I was like, them. yeah, I don't know. And I like blacked out in my trip, but his mom was such an angel that I literally went downstairs and I was like, can I lay in your lap? And she had the best energy and I just laid in her lap and I barely knew his mom. Wow. Yeah, her energy was so good, but that kind of opened my eyes. I have some kind of psychic ability. Mm. Like I can feel people's energy and I'm very much a chameleon. I can mold into yeah. whatever person I meet. People that get like that, we're very intuitive and sociable and we can pick up what people are putting down. Even if they don't think they're putting down anything, we can read that. People who are like that, people like us, who are just very socially aware and their social IQ is pretty good, we have to learn not to take things personally or take offense to anything because sometimes people don't know what they're putting down or sometimes that emotion that they're trying to convey, they can't articulate that at the same level that you can perceive that. So your expectations of how they should deliver what they're feeling to might not be up to par to what they can do. So when they deliver that to you, and it's, I would have said that much fucking differently. A good friend of mine, he's what the, put that in my mind. He's a server. And he said, Chase, we were raised so well. And it's hard sometimes because people who weren't really put a dent or a thorn in our sides because we expect them to treat us like we would treat them. First of all, you know, just to get into it, serving is a completely different industry. You're trying to squeeze the, a good yeah. tip out of them. You're working your fucking ass off for them. <laughs> You're serving people at their lowest when they're hungry and they're going to be assholes. And yes. you have to overcome that. And I just have a huge respect for those people. Nurses, servers, first responders, people like... And not to group servers in such an intense category, but you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like people who have to deal with other people at their worst. A lot of yeah. respect for them. So we're just freestyling, by the way. I like it. I like freestyling. This is very cool. I wish you so much success doing this. Thank you. I think we touched on a lot of good topics. Do you want to jump into the We're Not Really Strangers? Yeah. I believe they came out with this in... It used to be an Instagram page. Right. We're not really strangers. I'm botching this, but shout out to We're Not Really Strangers. They started, I believe, as graffiti work. Like they would write quotes on walls. That's sick. Yeah. They made a game and there's different versions of it too. They have one that children made, like little kids and big mm. kids can play. I'm a big kid. So we're going to play this. <laughs> and I believe you can play with up to six players, but... Yeah, here's a note from the creator. I have found there are two ways to play this game. One, play safe. Two, play to grow. The second is how you win. We love growth here on the podcast. So we're going to read the instructions. Set aside the final card for the end of the game. Sit facing one another with level one cards face down. Now, stare deeply into each other's eyes. Seriously, stare into each other's eyes. The first to blink draws first. Oh. Player one or player A draws a card. Player B answers. Alternate back and forth until a minimum of 15 cards are played each level. Once 15 cards or more have been played per round, feel free to advance to the next level. Make sure to keep a pile of used cards separate to avoid confusion. Okay. 
Option to answer questions you ask your partner and vice versa. For final card. I think there are a bunch of different ones. There are a bunch of prompts yeah. that like get you to know each other. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll have to see how well we really know each other. Uh. I want to say one thing about language. Okay. I could be watching this as well. 90% of communication or human communication is body language. Really? Yeah. So a lot of people, the way they see you is like how you express your body. So is it... Oh, so this isn't the one that kids did. No, this is the first version. Okay. Yeah, I don't have that. It's like an extended it's package. It's an add-on, right? Yeah. I like, should get all of these, honestly. If if this works? Yeah, if we're not really strangers wants to sponsor me, I would love that. I'll send them the link. Level one, perception. Wait, no, you gotta follow the fucking rules. Didn't you say that we have to stare deep in each other's eyes and the first to blink loses and okay. has to go first? Okay. okay. I'll give you a couple seconds, you call it. Okay, ready, set, set go. You blinked. She blinked. I blinked? You blinked. I blinked? Yeah. You can My probably... arm is already drying up. Yeah, all right. I'll go first, though. Wild card. Maintain eye contact for 30 seconds. What did you notice? That you have blue eyes. Oh, wait. Sorry. Oh, no. I... So, I... Don't we have to maintain eye contact? Oh, because... shit. Sorry. I'm ruining this. But, wait. No, we... Okay, we already basically did that. Yeah. Let's just call that three seconds, 30. Okay. I noticed that you do have brown eyes. Didn't know that. Uh, your nose piercing as well. And your lashes are super fucking long. They're big. They look good. Thank you. You're keeping me cool every time you blink at me. It's like a fan. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm also going to fly away, so. Yeah. Is it my turn? It is your turn. Okay. I don't know how these go. Okay. Do I remind you of anyone? Nikki Dunkel. Mm. You're very enthusiastic. I think calling you Kathy Griffin would be almost like... She's very animated and very well-spoken. And she I'm well-spoken, thank yeah, you. I think so. Thank you. She makes a great host. The things to make a good host are like, what do they look like, how do they sound, and what are they saying? All three of those, you check the boxes. Obviously, she's like a blonde. None of the physical features like, at all. But personality. Kathy Griffin, I always thought is hilarious, and I could see her on the podcast. I'm pretty sure she has an, this is why I wanted to preface it, but didn't like, I'm pretty sure she has an annoying voice, but. Oh, I have an annoying don't, voice. Don't, I don't think you have an annoying voice. Don't take that to heart. I won't. She just, she's, you're just bubbly and fun and like upbeat and people like that. I appreciate it. I'll have to look her up. Okay. Your turn. Okay. What does my phone wallpaper tell you about me? That you like Finding Nemo. I don't know, it's cute. Okay, so I don't know if, but on the iPhone, or the new update, you can choose which oh, background yeah. you want. Did you see that? Yes, That's and sick. then I'm like, how do I delete it? I'm like a tech person and I don't know how to delete my other backgrounds. Oh, I don't fucking know either. My other backgrounds are never deceived. We should anything. both ask each other the question of the okay. card we pull. Because I want to know what your background is. Oh, you can't see it because... True. I'll tell you what my background is. What it's is me it? and Enzo okay. that Hannah took. Okay. It's like me and Enzo in the forest. Okay, that tells me that he right now is probably your biggest emotional support. Yeah. 
and obviously he means a lot to you and he's your boy and yeah. it's probably a really good picture too yeah so that's an obvious one he's like very goofy so he made a good background this is my first time ever meeting him he's a very silly goofy boy and he liked me right away which was yeah. super cool i'm very picky when it comes to my dogs i'm very selective and it feels really good to have him like me like that so yeah. i was a sucker and now love him yeah Enzo's the best emotional support companion, but I'm biased. There's some things out there that are very easy to love, and he seems like one of them. Oh, for sure. All right, let's do this one. Okay. <laughs> what compliment do you think I hear the most? Your ass. Yes. What about me? You're really tall. Yep. That's how, all we how offer. How tall are you? 6'5". Six, 6'5". Five. Six, five. Dang. On the, when I played baseball, I always reported it as 6'6". Six, 6'6". Six. Six, six. Shout out to all the people I fooled. But hey, if I'm wearing cleats, yeah, sure, I'm 6'6", six, six, but I'm 6'5". They ain't gonna know. We well, all look the same out there. I figure, hey, if you're a guy and you're over six foot, we all look the same. We're all fine. We're all, not, not, to, not, not to shorties. I can tell you're taller than six foot. Okay. But when it comes to six foot, if yeah. a guy is six foot even, and then there's a guy that's six foot six, mm -hmm. and they have equal everything, everything else, finances, all the other variables, would that matter to you? Are they the same in your eyes, or are you still gonna go for the taller guy, even though the guy who's six foot is still pretty fucking tall? I would go for the taller guy. Okay, what is that? So I've always wondered, as a tall guy. You wanna know why? I wanna know why. What does it correlate to? Is it, what is it? So I'm not going to speak for all women, but I heard this thing from, I think it was definitely a TikTok. It's like, how intimidating can you be to other men for your woman? I'm not trying to speak on behalf of all women, but I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that. The world is scary for us. Yeah. So we need a man that's more intimidating. So when a guy is taller or more buff, or has an angry face all the time. We're gonna choose that. Oh, perfect, because I got that RBF. Yeah. That makes sense. Is that why you have a big dog, do you think? Yes, 100%. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I've always had big dogs growing up. Okay. If you're more intimidating to other men, that's like really. Huh. Yeah. And height is just, you're taller, you're bigger, you're. Okay. Yeah. I used to say I like men who hate everyone but me. Okay. That yeah, like well, to everyone. Uh, damn, can't that be the truth nowadays with cheating and fucking just Ye oh, yeah. the shit show that is relationships and the dynamics of marriage nowadays and social media, they don't Oh, correspond. would you consider yourself, this is not applying to this, would you consider yourself a monogamous person? Do you think being in monogamous relationships is beneficial to you? I didn't used to think that. Really? Yeah, but then I met somebody. It takes one person. It takes one person. But do you think you could be open with that person? It would depend on them and only yes. them. I would be open to it, For obviously, because I... <clears throat> I don't know. That's a question I've actually not taken seriously, mm -hmm. because everyone loves to play with the idea of multiple partners in bed. and. Like, or a, yeah. a fantasy like that. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. I'm not saying everybody does. But I'm saying, like, everybody likes to toy with the idea of a fantasy sexually. And I think that's correlated a lot with the multiple partners thing. Like, as a guy, if I have two girls, I'm more powerful. Or I feel that way. And that's all sex is, is an explanation. Or, like, you articulating your power. Or at least trying to feel powerful if you lack it. That's why. Yeah. 
people who lack power are more more often able to vent sexually because it's something they simply lack mm-hmm. that short dom sub relationship is all they need to satisfy it and they live their little lives later I'm not saying anything about that because that's also important i think it's mm-hmm. negatively correlated with that though these ties are there's all sorts of variables that dictate them but the two main ones are multiple partners for bed and multiple partners for life like what is the other partner who are they is it sexual is it platonic mm-hmm. is it her third is it like all these different crossroads and intersections of who means what like if you've seen the tiktoks of those polyamorous groups describing who they are to people that's what i'm pointing out here you just asked a really thought-provoking question so i'm articulating on it it would depend on that one person and what they wanted and based on what i wanted as well we would meet in the middle or we wouldn't do it at all i used to play around with the fact of multiple partners i'm a heterosexual male so is women and i personally like people who are similar to that. I like, and typical, those people are more open-minded people and they're willing to accept or they enjoy the company, whether it's sexual or platonic or one of the other loves expression. Mm-hmm. We're so new to this that I don't think we know how to define it yet. Mm-hmm. Love is extremely subjective because our perceptions are our own, our brain, being the only thing that we have that controls this little body of ours is thinking what do I want and as long as you're getting what you want and no one's disrespected or no one's hurt it's all consensual Mm -hmm. and I'm not just talking sexually there's nothing wrong with that personally that's how I feel but uh, to get back to it for a long time I would toy with the fact of having multiple partners or living a life of something where I tried to fit everybody into one heart but I've met someone who I would definitely consider monogamy for yeah for sure and it takes that one person and it's the people that you don't end up with that help you see them and find them and realize that's the factor they're contributing to your life yeah my pricey self is I love so this is my favorite topic I love love yeah Um, it's a really nice feeling it's it's something that you can't live without because if you do, it's a use it, you lose it type thing. If you're not loved, I always think of the Grinch, right? And the Grinch was neglected. Mm-hmm. The Grinch was a castaway. The Grinch was upset yeah, because he was neglected of such a powerful substance. And it's such a good mm-hmm. feeling to have. And he saw that and moved away. And it took Cindy Lou Who and her love and like also the joy of Christmas to help him realize that his value wasn't in his personality or his looks. The whole Bahu Bore, like when he comes down and delivers presents because he has this awakening it's, and his heart grows. That's just what I think of. It's my favorite topic. God, this weed has me talking. <laughs> That's okay. We like the commentary you ever be talking and you're like holy shit i'm so fucking annoying i do think that but that's when you aren't super comfortable with the person because i know that there's certain people i could talk to i'm not have that feeling with i'm comfortable with you it's just like am i sharing do you want to know my take on it yes i used to think that i could possibly do it if i really found someone that i loved and that i trusted but then i realized 
I'm demisexual, so that means I can't sleep with just anyone. I have to have deep connections with people, and I can't have sex with a one-night stand. So I don't think that I could be in a relationship with multiple people. But I also think that other relationships, like friendships and stuff, fulfill that extra need that you don't get with a partner necessarily, like extended friendships. I don't think that I could be in a polyamorous relationship or an open relationship but i also don't want my partner to feel like i'm trying to have this huge hold on their life something happened would i be able to be with them after that yeah after the breach of trust my my confusion with what i wanted was associated with the insecurity of commitment because of hey that's one more person that i have to take care of and if something were to happen to them that's one more person in my life that i'm going to lose and i've always battled with that because loss is something we deal with at specific moments in our lives that we'll never forget about when we lose something when we lose that connection and when we realize we'll never have it again that is probably the strongest feeling we can feel if there was a spectrum of feelings i think mourning might be at the top yeah i think that's the strongest emotion we can possibly feel my fear of commitment that i am now over is it was just at one point there's probably a 50 to 60 percent chance that this is going to end in divorce if we get married if we even make it that far and i'm so motherfucking picky when it comes to their personality can they make me laugh and as i'm courting someone dating someone getting to know someone i'm getting excited my favorite part is when you meet someone you like someone and you're both getting excited about each other because it's almost like a honeymoon phase but before y'all are even maybe dating it's i'm in love i like this fucking guy i love this girl it's those moments that are the absolute best it you almost they're like god if i were to lose this i'd be broken that's the fear it's the wasting of time it's the is this the right person but i think your own questioning sometimes can lead to your own demise you got to be both fucking feet in for a relationship to work and my explanation of it y'all just got to be all in because if you're all in you're not anywhere else you're, you're yeah. not cheating on them you're not getting cheated on if they're everyone's biggest fear with relationships is the whole cheating and that's fair to talk about that's why i mentioned it so many times that's the trust no one trusts anyone anymore because we've all been taken advantage of yeah we've all been fucked over we've some of us have fucked over people have you yeah absolutely not recently but definitely in the past and that's something i learned from and grow from and go from there i think carnally like if you're attracted to someone and you want to fuck them only because you're not attracted to your significant other. Mm-hmm. I think that's wrong. I think there's a, I think you're, there's a certain distance when you start feeling safe with that person. Mm-hmm. When they can offer you things like safety, trust, communication, mm-hmm. emotion, vulnerability, you start to confide in them. Yeah. And it's where you're confiding is where you I don't know. So emotionally cheating and physically cheating, sure. which is worse to you? Emotionally. It's never the physical. That's why when men cheat on women, it's not what they look like. It's do you love her? And then with guys, it's not do you love him? It's how big's his dick? Or yeah. what's he look like? Yeah. Did you come? Or like, 
It's just... What did he give you that I can't? What did he give you that I can't? And guys think it's always physical. Yeah. But we lack to give them some sort of support, some aspect of our emotionally intelligent lives. Yeah. So for me, when I cheated, I emotionally cheated. I never physically did anything. Although since I am demisexual, I feel like if I was presented the situation, I probably would have. Gotcha. But the other person was giving me something that my partner at the time was not giving me. Wasn't a good thing, but... I get that. I get that. No one knows why we're here. This whole world and the conquest of life itself is such a fucking confusing discussion. You never know where to start and it never ends. But it's always fun to talk about because that's what we have in common. Our perceptions are different. Our realities are different. We're living within the same realm, but our lives are vastly different. In every single way, there are thousands of variables that make up who we are and why we are, what yeah. we are. It's something like cheating, something like not being loyal to somebody, something mm -hmm. like in the scope of life, as long as you are living it with good intention, that's the only way you can survive. When it comes to good intention, I mean that basically like what's best for you, what you think is best for you. Selffulness. Just make sure to be direct with who you're dealing with. Should we keep going? Yeah. Do you think I was popular in school? Explain. Yeah. I think you were. You were. In fact, your downfall was switching schools so often. Had you have stayed at a school, you'd been the motherfucking shit and you know it. I, I didn't like school. I didn't care about that. Yeah. I just wanted to go and have fun and do my own thing school never served me at anything i get that. i don't talk to anyone i went to high school with okay yeah i think you were popular in high school <sighs> the girls were like change i was very sociable i really liked people and at that age in fact i loved people and i loved everybody and that's a certain quality about myself that i've noticed can find and i get a little bit more selective and just because i've been walked over and i've done my walking over <laughs> I've hurt people and I've been hurt myself and when you go through that sort of exhaustion you you start to be a little bit more selective with who yeah. is in your life yeah but yeah I like to talk to a lot of people then and say hi to all the nerds <laughs> if MySpace were still a thing what would my profile song be would it be from that era or what oh yeah of course it would I was gonna say WAP for me? <laughs> Whopper. Like something from Nikki or Meg. Some badass bitch anthem that just comes with so much BDE that you're like, yep, it's Nikki's here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think of what yours would be. It'd be definitely Jordan Belford because that was your song. I like that song. Yeah. <laughs> I like that song. I fucked with that song a lot. That was a really fun... That was like my peak partying years in college was yeah. when Jordan Belfort dropped. Have you seen the real Jordan Belfort? Yeah. He's not as hot. No. He looks like a... He probably California paid to have raisin. Leo be cat. Yeah, he's a California raisin. He's a <laughs> Italian leather jacket. Have you seen his ex-wife though? Is she fine? She's very beautiful and she's a therapist, I think. Isn't that funny how the tables turn? Yeah. Not anything wrong with him. There's things wrong with him. That man's fucked more wives than prenups. He's not the guy that I would think could get married. But good for him. Yeah, shout out to Jordan Belfort. You know that movie, he was interviewed about it. 
and they said, was it really that cocaine and sexually and drug enthused of a workplace? And he said, well, the movie really downplayed a lot of that. What character would I play in a movie? You'd be like the seductress. Really? Oh yeah, you'd be like the, what's her name, Black Widow. If you're a superhero, you'd be like Black Widow, or you could play, you could definitely play a strong female lead. Probably be like a comedy, or very, maybe a dramedy, or like a romance, like a... So I'm versatile. You're very versatile. Thank you. Yeah, put that on your IMDb. Yeah, I'm versatile. And me? I think you'd be a main character in a comedy. Okay. But I think you could do a rom-com as well, like I could definitely see you on the Hallmark Channel. Oh, fuck. Vanessa! <laughs> but then you would move your way up. <laughs> I could see you on reality TV too. Oh. But I see myself on reality yeah. TV. I see, I could see you. I could see me on reality TV. They have me on as fuckboy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd be on Too Hot to Handle. Do you think Fine they would guy. villainize you? Maybe. I would try my hardest not to be villainized. But I feel like a lot of times my reputation precedes me. I'm not saying like my reputation. But if you've heard of me and you haven't met me, you've probably heard some things about me. Oh, same. Hey, it's my fault for letting those things be said because I'm sure there's value to them. But they're talking, so but like, But they're talking, fuck. baby. All press is good press or whatever. They're, I was wild in my days. I think we both were. Speaking of being a seductress, have you read the nine Husbands. forms of... Oh, sorry, the seven husbands of what's your fuck, but well, sorry. <laughs> the nine really levels good. of seduction? No. Oh my god, it's a really good book. It's about like the levels of people who are like se seducers. Okay. Like how people seduce. Huh. And the best people who are, I'm, I could be botching this as well. The best people who seduce are the people who aren't trying to seduce. And I think your form of seducing, and this doesn't have to be with like sex either. Yeah. It could be like sales. We both come from sales. So I think you would be the charismatic. Okay. But we'd have to have the author interview you and see who you are. I haven't read that. So I don't know the nine levels. We'll read it and we'll check back in or listen to it. I didn't know there's different ways to seduce people. If you were to buy me a present knowing nothing about me other than what I look like, what would it be? Oh my god. Okay. I'd buy your nails that week or something. My nails need to be done. Not like, I didn't mean it like that. Something like that. A present. See, I can never buy a woman something to wear because I have horrible taste. Um, I only buy my gifts for who they are. And if I didn't know that about you and I'm only buying it for what you look like. Yeah. That's tough. I know what I would buy like, you. What, what's the budget here? I don't, the budget is infinite. Okay. The budget is your own bank account. No, it's infinite. We're so it's Jordan just, Belfort. Okay. Oh, yeah. it's Jordan Belfort. Yeah. You're on my space yacht. Yeah. I'd buy you a space yacht. I'd buy you all of the Nike shoes. Thank you. Thank you. I would make you a sneaker head. Oh, <laughs> I do love sneakers. I love sneakers. Really? Yeah, sneakers are fun. I don't I'm own a lot. Moccasins or I don't own a lot of shoes. Do you own a lot of shoes? That, I used to. That says to. a lot about someone. 
I think I love the sneakerhead community. I yeah. think it's a cult. Sure. The sneakerhead community is going to come for me for this. I don't know any of the names, but I like the colors and what they look like. Yeah. So yeah. I would just buy it for the flex. What subject do you think I thrived in at school? Did I fail in any? Language, arts, you probably did pretty good in. Yeah, I've always liked writing Psychology papers. because of your teacher. Yes. And physical education, I'm sure you thrived in. I Although it's that. not really hard to not thrive in that. A's for everybody. Yeah, and I feel like you were pretty good in school with every subject. I think we're both feeling the drinks and it's time to end the podcast. So go and purchase the wounded healer i will link everything in my bio in the description thank you it's yeah very kind thank of you. you for coming on over and thank you for being vulnerable <laughs> absolutely thank you for permitting me to be vulnerable and helping me get there thank you for facilitating my vulnerability yeah and really tapping into the core of who i am by the way your dog is fantastic and i now want one yeah everyone should get a great dane you want to do one more card Okay, one more card. To end it? I yes. think that's a good idea. Yeah. All right. It's this pile. On a scale of 1 to 10, how messy do you think my car is? 1 being cleanest, 10 a complete disaster. Explain. I think it's in the middle. I think there. it depends on how you're feeling for the week. You're so fucking... Like, when you get a car, you want it to be super clean. And when you've had it for a long time, you're like, oh, there's a straw paper on the ground sometimes i'll be so motherfucking ocd about where my shit is how it is and if it's not where it needs to be it will be soon yeah or i'm just like ah, oh, fuck it and i'll just throw it on the ground and do you have adhd it. i do yeah i think that's an adhd thing yeah and i think there's a word for it i'll have to find it what helps me what body doubling what is that? So body doubling is when you have another person there to support you. Or for me, I listen to podcasts, like mm. people talking. Okay. It helps with like overstimulation, which I get overstimulated when I clean. I can't do it in silence. Interesting. Yeah. Body doubling. So does that mean when there's not necessarily body, but at least a voice, like something's talking and someone's yeah. there? Yeah, but you could have like your friend there for you, like hanging out with you while you clean. Not saying a thing. Just as yeah, long as or just there. like chatting with you. Okay. Yeah. I could see that. God, there's so much we don't know. There's so much. There's so much I want yeah. to talk about. That was fun. Thank you for having me on. I yes. love your dog. I hope people love this. Okay, love, love you. you. Bye. <laughs> oh, that was his bye. <laughs>